This is Derek Moyer, and welcome to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Welcome, friends, to this week's Freedom Fighter podcast. I'm Derek Moyer. I hope you're all well. Uh, this week we are going into part two of our series on Captivated by Communion. And we're delving into the subject that this first thing that David uh, desired was to dwell, to abide, to live in God's presence all the days of his life. What does that mean? What Practically in our, our, our day, what, what does that look like? I'm going to just share my own experience of how I was introduced to this and how it captivated my attention, captivated my interest and the, with the benefits and the, the advantage it was that I discovered for my own inner life. So as you're listening guys, I pray you're deeply encouraged and blessed. God bless you. Welcome to part two of our series on Captivated by Communion. I um, hope you enjoyed our first part, and uh, so we're going to delve this week into part two around dwelling in his presence. So believe with me um, that you know there's going to be understanding, there's going to be light that leads to light, uh, to life and truth that will make free. So I'll just open up with a bit of prayer. Father, we worship you, praise you, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your empowerment for each one of the listeners. I thank you for every person listening. I thank you for hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Your promises, you shall be filled. So I pray every person listening will be filled. I pray, Lord, your uh, spirit will enlighten, will give us eyes to see, ears to hear. God, in new things that will that will pass into uh, our hearts, Lord, to open up the eyes of our hearts so that we'll be able to see things we've never saw before. And enjoy things that we've never enjoyed before. Lead us to new places, to new worlds. In you, your kingdom come, your will be done. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, last week guys, we talked about uh, being captivated by communion. We, we laid this, kind of made this introduction, laid this foundation. David saying, this one thing that I desire. This priority uh, that he had. This top priority that he said that he would... Um, you know, that he would search out by any method. He would seek after with all his heart, with all his soul. That's one thing that he's insisting upon. And he's saying, what is it? What's the things he's asking for? Um, and, we, and we mentioned that really what he is describing is a desire to be captivated, to be that he's interested, would be so attracted and held uh, his attention um, and interest would be so held by this communion with God. I never mentioned last week, but the word communion in the dictionary, I know that if, if you've been to church, you know, you, you, you talk about the Holy Communion, and we, 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 we talk about the breaking of bread. Um, but in, in the, the, the dictionary, and this is what I'm referring to here, is it's about the sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially in a mental or spiritual level. That's what the dictionary defines it as. So he's communicating uh, this sense of closeness, connection, uh, of fellowship with God, that's 
sharing and exchanging intimate thoughts and feelings and um, you know ideas on this spiritual level. And he's saying, "Ah, I am desiring this with all of my heart. I am insisting upon it as my mandatory. It's almost mandatory compulsory." He's saying, I can't live without this. This is necessary for me to live. It's that important that I am insisting upon it as a requirement for my life. And then he breaks down these three parts that we'll get into over the next few weeks. And the first part he mentions is about dwelling in his presence all the days of his life. And, uh, you know... I know for some is you know, hearing these things about presence, you know, you're going, what, what does that mean? Well, just been thinking about these things and thinking about how can you communicate that fresh? You think of this, if, if you, like me, been in the presence of somebody uh, that you loved, your grand, for instance, their presence brought something to you. You know, you can be in the presence of others who don't, you know, we've all been in presence of people who actually, it's dark, it's it's a negative impact. You know, but we think of the people's presence we've been in who have had a calming, a, a comforting, a loving impact and effect on our lives. That was my grand for me. Um, so David's saying that I can uh, experience God's presence. Although we can't see him, he's not a human being, but I can feel his presence. And this is why it's so important to know the person's, the characteristics of the person's presence you're in so that you you are expecting from them. You know, you know you're taken up with who they are, the attributes, you're familiar with those attributes. And so I thought this this week about, you know, if you're in the presence of royalty, if you're in the presence of your queen, you're, you're going to experience a regal stature and authority that's been developed over all the years, the image that she has of herself in that role, the impact that has, you know, even maybe asking that question, you know, imagine being in the presence of the queen, you know, and the oh, the nerves, I've heard, you know, people who have been in the presence of the Queen talk about their nerves and talk about how the, you know, the intimidation, you know, and, you know, having everything right of the, com- the if royalty comes to their house and, you know, the stories, how you're, you're, you're making sure everything's tidy and clean and right for that presence of royalty to come into your space. Well, that's amazing, eh, uh, reality and truth that will open up in, you know, in the next minutes that God promises his presence that we can be aware of his presence uh, know that we need to feel it as if our faith is based on our feelings of, you know I'm trying to get to this point where I know God's real when we can actually trust him to say I know He's promised me in Matthew 28, Jesus said this, I'll always be with you. I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. It says in Hebrews chapter 13, about, I will never leave you. I will, God's promise is, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. 
and uh, you know this sense that he's promising this presence and my wee devotional opens this up and says it's not just my presence it's my love think about this where you're you know you're somebody you loved yeah uh, how that love you felt when you were there that comfort that calming effect that that security that understanding he says i'm as i'm a uh, although i'm you know uh, i'm not a human being i'm not on earth but he says believe me prom uh, trust me that i'll never leave you my patience my love my strength my understanding my presence and everything that means will never leave you tremendous tremendous truths uh, and and we c you don't know these things how are you ever going to uh, how are you ever going to go in uh, to to uh, ask for god's presence sit in god's presence believing that you you will receive these things this is that what the life of faith is about but it is based on a knowledge or something if i don't know what he's like I will not enter into these things with a confidence, with an expectation, with faith, believing, f f you know, for, for, for these things to, to uh, work out, to, for me to experience them. So, thank God we've got amazing, uh, you know, truths, we've got the Bible, we've got the devotionals, we've got words that actually help us, uh, strengthen us, develop what we what we base our faith on. So going back here to David saying this one thing, this thing that I want my interest, my, my, my attention totally held by is dwelling in the presence of God all the days of my life. Dwelling with a consciousness of God's with me, his love and strength, his uh, his patience, his understandings with me. I could quote so many things for the Bible here, and I was tempted <laughs> to start talking about great writers, what they've written. There's been beautiful works made about these things. Brother Lawrence, the mystics, the French mystics, Madame Guignon, uh, you know, and Leanne um, uh, Payne, some tremendous understanding written for people. But I just felt, just share your own story. You know, gain information about other people's thoughts. You know, it's good sometimes, but I just felt, share my own story. Because I mentioned last week that I had an experience that resulted in me being absolutely captivated by this communion. By this receiving, sharing and receiving Giving and receiving, sharing, uh, you know, this, this, these thoughts and feelings with God, these intimate thoughts and feelings, uh, uh, you know, in, 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 my, in a life that resulted in such breakthrough, that resulted in such mental transformation. So I'm going to give you my, my story about that. Um, I, I had been my background, psychosis of drugs, you know, years of my mind being so captivated by the wrong things and occupied uh, by the the fear, the paranoia, the, the, the damage, the debris that had been left by my lifestyle. I had went to church, I first started with 
self-development stuff and self-improvement books and courses and, you know, and right into all that and listen to these guys. Remember the guy Tony Robbins was talking about how many books a month he read and I was trying to press and do that. And then I ended up at church and it was there was a lot of development, a lot of activity, be here, beat these meetings, do that one, get to the next meeting. And, uh, and then, so, some difficulties with that, that, that church I'm talking about come up. And I ended up at a, a couple's house, a looking over uh, in Verady. So St. Catherine's the place was called, right up uh, Argyle, by the rest of the thankful, taking a, taking a right into the noon and, you know, the road there's called, uh, the wee houses on the, on the front are called St. Catherine's. And it was dear, dear, uh, friends, Bill and Maisie Mertha, who are both dead now, but they had invited me into their home, and uh, so I know I've mentioned before, but this was so significant what happened, because I was running at a hundred mile an hour, trying to make myself well, trying to uh, read my way into wellness, trying to trying to um, practice. Self effort, all this kind of stuff. To to uh, if I just if I do enough things, if I read enough books, if I do enough, if I practice enough disciplines, I'm going to get what these guys have got that I was kind of the things that were selling me really. <laughs> and uh, so I went to Bill and Maisie's, and something had happened that we were putting a sign up, and I was helping Maisie, and Maisie, Maisie was I, I, she was quite she wasn't like the other ladies that had been on about in Christ, the Christian church, she was quite quiet and she wasn't again too much away and I and I started uh, interpreting this as I have done something wrong and I then was given all this power over to her I'm walking on eggshells where what I seen was her moods um, and so I had put a sign up with her and it was just, uh, it, it, it resulted in me having this head exhausted because of what I was allowing to go over my mind. Long and short it was, their home right on the lock, I had my wee uh, folding away camping chair with me. I walked down this lock side, my head burst, defeated, and I get to this wee boathouse, and I open my chair and get in the wee, ho the wee house, the wee cabin type of idea, right at the side of the lot, and I just totally relaxed. I, I sat defeatedly on my chair. And uh, so I ended up falling asleep. So it must have been 20 minutes. I'm on that chair. I'm away alone, away from the situation, and I'm just, <sighs> just all the things going on in my head. Can anybody relate? <laughs> You know, interpreting things like, you know, picking things up the wrong way. So I sat there 20 minutes and I fell asleep. I woke up and I heard this voice within me, whatever it came from, was, did you choose those thoughts? And because how occupied my mind was and, and captive it was with the wrong things, um, I just, like, I did, the, answer, the answer came that really I didn't feel it came really for me but the question came the, and the answer came no I didn't 
they thoughts were automatic condition responses based upon my previous condition. My previous conditioning. I was seeing things that weren't even there because I was so in my head that had been so wired up the wrong way for years with all the dysfunction that I'd learned in my upbringing and my teenage years and the, the, the debris that was left with psychosis. It was, there was, I was interpreting this as I've done something wrong, I'm getting rejected um, and, you know, so... so this this resulted in my head like a this bus couch totally done in. When I heard the the um, the words, did I choose those thoughts? It just took me above the content that was going on in it, and I goes no. I saw for the first time that these thoughts just came as a as a as a automatic conditioned old the old responses default programs that had been going on for all these all these times, all these years. And it made me realise I questioned the thoughts. And then I heard the thought, next one was, who would you be without those thoughts? And it became so clear to me, Maisie would be the way she was. If she wasn't saying too much, I thought it was a bit crabbit or moody. But that'd be fine, she could be that way. I would be free. I'd be free for all this inner con- the, the, the content that was coming in. So, um, because of that encounter, that that started to waken me up. That I experienced. I was at churches all this time. I never heard God because I always did was hearing the people talk. There was nobody h- helping me to get away alone, to actually sit quietly, get into God's presence, and actually expect him to speak. And what I, what I found that day, in the midst of my, my, uh, my difficulty, was I got away alone, I stopped what I was doing, and I sat by nature, away from all distractions, and I was able to take a breath and give give space for, for for this divine intervention. And believe me, what that done for me changed everything. That was my first encounter of that. That encounter changed the full direction of my life. Because from there I said, everything I've learned with all this motivational stuff, it was all to do with you... You running your life. I understood, God. You, you, I needed. I I need you to teach me. I need you to show me the path of life. And I need I need to be able to trust, as Proverbs three five says, trust in the Lord with all my heart and not lean on my own understanding. Romans eight fourteen talks about the the sons, the true sons of God, daughters of God, are led by the Spirit of God. There they'll be guided. They will allow themselves to be led and guided. And that that doesn't get talked about when folk are selling you the next ten things to do to to uh, you know to be this, be that, be the next thing. And that's what I was taking up with. My mind was captivated by that, trying to get well. So my experience at that point was that opened me up 
because of the quietness, and I should have said, <laughs> when I met this couple, I get the ferry for Guruk uh, over to Dunoon. They said hello and they, um, when we met, but for the next 30 minutes driving around to St Catharines, they never said a word. Now, I, I was so uncomfortable with silence. I had lived a life of somebody should be talking and there's something wrong with, there's something wrong with me and they don't talk to me. <laughs> you know, there was that inner dialogue that was just so uncomfortable with quiet. So that set the stage kind of thing that eventually in that car I just surrender. Except just being quiet. And then that experience I had by the side of the lot, the minute I, we, we would go to Daroon or we'd go to Inverary, I remember them driving me somewhere just after this experience. And there was silence. So, in that silence, I've got my eyes shut. So excited at the discovery that I had just that, that had just been revealed to me, the epiphany I had that this in this moment I had finally been awakened to the fact that this God uh, who um, I've heard about, like I mentioned last week, like Mary at the side of the sepulchre or the tomb, she. She thought it was dead. She had lost all hope. Her heart, the disappointment, and heard his voice saying, Mary. And she turns with that absolute wonder and joy that you're not dead. Is it you? And so at the side of that lock, that was what I experienced. That it was a voice that was able to speak to me. So I was cut, I was... I was hooked. I was. I remember I was my friend Charles once, and he he was saying to one of his boys, a twelve step guy, he was saying constantly, he's constantly meditating. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it was because I was like, I want it. I want it. I want more of that. I want that. Like David saying, I want to dwell in your presence. I want to absorb your beauty. I want to absorb your light, your truths, and and those truths are the things that actually make your mind rewire you into the right things, get you captured and captivated by the right things. So for me, that was a life-changing, life-altering moment. I remember in the back of this car, I'm saying I'm getting taken someone after the experience in my wee devotional book. This wee devotional book uh, was was born out of the, the influence of the Oxford group, led by Frank Bookman. Uh, who started an, a, a revival, a, a Christian revival, based out of Oxford University, 1920s. And it was it was phenomenal because it was nothing to do with religion, nothing to do with church membership, nothing to do with, with, uh, with all these customs that come in to, to organise religion. It was all about surrendering, listen, listening to God, uh, obeying what he says, sharing honestly with each other, and this so captured these these uh, these th- this group, these intellect intellectuals all in that uh, community, that it went worldwide. And there was a guy called A. G. Russell who was a skeptical, you know, he, he was taken to church like most days when we were younger in this country. And uh, learned some stuff about Christianity, but never knew anything about a relationship with God. Learned about a religion. Um, he 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 
was led. It's a fascinating book called For Sinners Only. He documented what's ha- what ha- his experience was in these, this group and this book. And the long and short of it was he experienced things that fundamentally revolutionised everything in his life. And he documented it in this book. This book was given to this woman who never named herself herself in a, a, a hotel lobby in the 1920s or 30s, it must have been. And she was so inspired by what they were doing by by listening to God, by having this quiet time in his presence. She and her friend started practising what A.G. Russell had written about, about the, the Oxford Group movement. And these wee devotionals resulted uh, from, from that, from their listening time together. And I mean, the things that come out of it, the, 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 they've got God calling, one is God, God even tied, it's tremendous. So I didn't know any of that stuff at the time. I had just been given this book. I didn't know the background there, that, that was so important to understand that this is where this came from. This is how important this inspired, me- these inspired messages came from. So, I, in the back of that car after that experience, I opened it up to February 21st, and I don't know if it was the February 21st, maybe it was, but, and it said these words, be more afraid of spirit unrest, of soul disturbance, of any ruffling of your spirit, than of earthquake or fire or any outside forces. Now, I had just experienced a lot of soul disturbance. In that moment, when my head was like a bus couch, and I'm, I am, my mind is interpreting this situation in a totally wrong way, and it could have resulted in the wrong actions because first the thoughts come, and then you accept and agree upon them, you can act, you act upon them. I sat there and uh, I saw that be more afraid of this. And it said this, when you feel the absolute calm has been broken, when this peace and calm has been broken, get away alone with me until your heart sings and all is strong and calm. These are the only times when evil can find an entrance. The forces of evil surround the city of your soul and are keenly alert, watching and waiting for an opportunity, for what, for one such unguarded spot, through which an arrow, a thought, a fear, a, a suggestion, a temptation, can pierce your heart and your mind, and, and enter in, enter, get an entrance, get an opening, and cause absolute carnage, cause absolute havoc. Do you understand what I'm saying? Can you relate that to your life when you allow certain thoughts in? And they thoughts, because that's what I had experienced with the debris of the uh, the psychosis. When I was out my head, out your head, things get in. And they thoughts were occupying my mind for years that I couldn't get them out. Uh, the fears that were, had a strong hold over the mind. Um, so... You know, I experienced that there, that all, when I got away alone, I had a dialogue that actually helped me unplug, disconnect, disassociate myself, disagree with, 
the thoughts that when I was just unquestionably accepting ended up taking me down this absolute exhaustion, brokenness. So, uh, inviting God's presence into our lives, this became such an important, uh, for me, I was so taken up and captivated by it. And I was for years, um, I, I practised this for years, I had places when I was in Stevenson, I'd go down the beach, when I was in Cowinan, I was at a part of the Garnet up, up the river, Coburnie, Locks and Hills, maintaining it, maintaining that communion, maintaining that connection that, you know, get out, get make space for life to be pouring in your, your heart and your mind. But I let it slip, especially with lockdown, difficult periods in my marriage, different jobs, uh, you know, and living full-time with autism. And I had this thing, if you've been listening to the, the podcast, you know, I had, a, I had an amazing thing happen to me about three months ago, maybe four. Um, I was, we had autism in the house for, in lockdown, th- th- 38, hours, 38 hours a week care my stepson used to have, and then he had none. And he was, you know, he was breaking down in the house all the time. Me and my wife are working from home. And uh, the pressure, he opened the door and he was out banging doors, he was putting holes in walls, biting arms. Uh, it hard going. And I was drained. And, and you know, strength was ebbing, break, breaking down. And uh, so the long and short it was, I went to my bed one night and I have a dream. And in the dream, there's this pastor leading this crusade and he says... Can you just tell the crowd what you want Jesus to do for you? So me and a few of my friends were saying, I want this. It came to me and I said, I want his presence. And uh, from that place I started singing this Johnny Cash song. And I'd done a series on it called Living Water. But the, the, so, so, the line in the song says this. I want this drink. I'm putting my cup in to dip it to, into the endless well. The well of his presence, the well of his life, the living water, and pouring it on the fires of hell. Have a drink, and then sing, and then shout, as the flames of hell go out. Have a drink of water, everlasting living water. In that dream, I'm singing that, saying I wanted his presence, shouting for joy, dancing. I woke up in the middle of the night, and I didn't earn that. Was it because I was away up a hill? I wasn't because I had uh, worked for it. I got it supernaturally given by God. Eh? What a what a amazing father he is. When I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of how much I was breaking down. He spoke this. So the last months I have been back an hour in the morning, and I was at half an hour at night, and it has changed everything. That uh, sense of getting into His presence. And then from there, that maybe one day, like like the one the woman at the well, John four, or the disciples in John chapter six, John chapter four, the woman says after this amazing encounter, she says, "Come to every day in the tomb, come and see a man who's told me everything I've ever done." This is what the encounter uh, resulted in. Or what about the 
the, uh, the the disciples in John chapter 6 when they were couldn't receive what he had to say the majority of them when he turns to the 12 closest he used gone as well and they, Peter says to him Lord where else are we going to go come on you're the only one that's got the words that lead to the God quality and God kind of life so you know this sense of when I come into his presence like me at the side of that uh, lock if, if we're only dependent on our own understanding or the next right or the next person life coach where he's charging you all this money to tell you your future we're in trouble when actually God God from the beginning desired for us to walk with him that closely to have this spirit converse that that, that we would like the member uh, and seen in Braveheart Stephen the Irishman uh, and, and he, uh, the big man says Hamish says to him you, do you converse with the almighty <laughs> and, and the reality is that that's 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 what uh, what God intended that we would have that connection in his presence that that he we make room for him to speak to us and I'm telling you finding that is the most an advantageous thing for our lives when like Mary we talked about last week that this one thing David's saying that's one thing I'm asking Mary's saying Jesus saying about Mary she, this one thing she's done the most important thing the most thing the thing that's the most advantage to her this is this is what you need to do sit at my feet get away alone get in my presence just to finish the um, this we devotional talks about this in his presence and we had a time away with, with, uh, with the men we worked with uh, in, in Port Ban in June we went over these things uh, it was such a special time and we touched on that um, one wee line that helped me so much as I began this journey of getting in his presence every day was this do you don't realise you would have broken down under the weight of your cares had it not been for this time of renewal in my presence. And I heard that, I thought, wow. And I've talked to people since who are breaking down, who are running to doctors and getting misdiagnosed or the joint. That in these things, because they don't think in these categories, could have been, could, can be re- remedied. These things can be cured by saying, I, I'm going to set time apart. Notice sitting my own thoughts and practice the presence of self, but actually to develop and practice the presence of God. And uh, it finishes this this devotional. Quite a few things you could say, but we'll finish with, with this. It says, "Do you do you understand that everything you're doing, the greatest work that you are doing, with all your ministry, with all your great uh, community efforts." The greatest work you can do or are doing or can do is done in this time apart with me. Do you understand that? And that was a question that we that we posed to each other when we were away. And one of the men had a, a vision, tremendous beautiful vision of our hearts being held in this choir, being shaped and formed. And it was such an update for us to recognise if I don't allow myself this time where I'm getting shaped and formed, 
how how what are then have I got to give the others, my wife, my kids, those that I work with and help and all the rest of it. So I'm encouraging you. The goal of this series is to, to be so captivated by communion, to have your interest and your attention so attracted to this, to, to the the advantage that this has for your life. This is to be fought for because there's so much stuff buying for our, buying for our attention, trying to take us captive, our interest and attention, all these cookies that are that are that involved in these uh, this this uh, the, the 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 social media and all these apps trying to keep us focused on and our interests and our finances and our you know our attention pouring into all that. This is what this is what will result in life as God intended. So, Father, I just pray. I pray your your uh, presence. Uh, in rich, abundant measure to everybody listening. I pray that that desire of David, God, that our, we would have that uh, single desire, that heart that's saying, that's what I've not been doing, like me when I was in the middle of the night, that what do I want? I didn't even know I, I, I didn't even know I needed it. But that real, that awakened me to my need, that that's what's missing. That's why I'm feeling like this. That's why I'm breaking down. I need to make fight for for that time, to make that time to be alone with God, to receive his strength, to receive his life, to receive his guidance, his correction, whatever it is, I need just comfort and love to be in his presence. So I pray that presence over every person listening, that hunger and desire for it, in Jesus' name. This has been the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to connect with our services or you want more info or details about upcoming events, connect with us online at www.freedomfighter.life or drop us an email at info at freedomfighter.life. Until next time, God bless you.